There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This is the Straight Up Breakdown Podcast with Greg Smith and Jay Foreman. Tell it to me straight up. Hello and welcome into the Straight Up Breakdown Podcast, proudly part of the Hale Varsity Network. I am Greg Smith. You're happy the NBA is back because the Lakers are ready to defend this championship, friend. <laughs> I'm Jay Foreman. You're no nonsense, uh, truly former Husker, no simp, no simp having co-host. I will explain what a simp is at the at the end. Man, a we simp already chomp. came out. I told you. I told you what's happening, man. I, I mean, listen here, man. I, I, I am in the Christmas spirit. Christmas is Friday. You are? Yeah. I, okay. But my, but my grandfather was a big influence on me, man. And he was a gangster like a mug, right? Okay. Served and everything. When he, They said when he used to wear his black leather coat, he going down to the Elks Club and somebody's going to get tightened up because somebody did something wrong on St. Street in D.C. So... Some, he always said, man, listen here, you give everybody enough rope until they push that last button, and then once you they push that last button, then you got to let them hands go. So okay. that's just where we so are. So that's where you're going to verbally let those hands go on somebody when you put them on blast later on today. That, that yeah, fair? but if I saw him, though, he, he, <laughs> See, I, I'm just telling you, this is how – if you've known me since I was 18, I'm not big into talking. I'll negotiate with you. We just negotiated. Okay. I'll take the L just because – I'm a big Adrian fan, and uh, Sasha <laughs> Sasha probably sided with See. you. I won't well, give me give me the thumbs up, Sasha. Sasha gave you the thumbs up. Uh, she, she said right. no. She said eh. Sasha's feeling me, but I'll give you the victory. You know okay. what I'm saying? Because we wrapped the whole way up there, and you probably won most of the the banter up there. But at the end of the day, once you kind of cross the line and stuff, dude. I mean, I'm done talking. Well, at 44 years old, I'm done talking. Okay. We we going we we definitely gonna get to that. But you guys so well, well we start we we are uh, we started off with something real happy though that you glossed over. The Our Lakers, Lakers are back they this back. week. And this they, week it's starting back. Hey, and the good thing here's the thing about the Lakers though they is they just want they won a uh, NBA championship. This is funny thing about it, and this is obviously because of COVID. They won an NBA championship, kind of like under the radar because they didn't have a big parade and all that, and yeah, they're not going to be weird, fans. Yeah. But then. They just secretly, on the down low, like upgraded their roster <laughs> 10 times better than a roster that was essentially LeBron and AD and whoever decided to play basketball. Yeah, whichever guy decided to have a good night that night. <laughs> the only problem I have with Rob Polinka is, why didn't you get rid of Kyle Kuzma? I, I mean, look, I like Kyle Kuzma. Do you? Because I, I, I did. Hit, oh, I did here, here's what Kyle Kuzma <laughs> was, though. Here's, here, here's the funny thing. Were we talking about go. Adrian? In correlation, Kyle Kuzma as a rookie is what you wanted. When he came out, yep. he was from Utah, felt like he's disrespected. Had right? that underdog mentality. Underdog mentality, no tattoos, didn't, hadn't colored his hair four different times. Yeah. And you know what really did him in, though, when he started dating one of the Kardashians. That's really. I was going to say, which that, one? I remember that. Like, that's one the I, death sentence of any athlete, yeah, right? Was, um, so then after that, he hadn't been the same. He acted like he doesn't know how to play defense or 
do anything within the concepts of playing NBA basketball in his third or fourth year. And the, and the weird thing is, is that he, as the team has gotten better and he has needed worse. to, yeah, he's gotten worse and he's needed to add to his game. And they give him the extension last night, three years, $40 million. Oh, now you're um, just make my stomach hurt. I don't know, but see, that's the, tradable. That's tradable, though. That, I was just yeah, about to say tradable. the one good thing that's about that. The very first thing NFL I contract. thought was is okay. That that's a tradable deal because it's not like the Wiggins deal. It was right. like five years, hundred and seventeen yeah. million, anything yeah. like that for somebody that you just know is never going to live up to that. Um, Forty over three, which is a lot of money, but at the same time, for him, NBA, he, NBA, 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 that's, a, that's a, a tradable contract, right. definitely. Um, so either he's going to outperform that contract and really be like most improved player this year. Or he's just going to get traded at the deadline. At the deadline, or you know, in a year or so, when they're trying to retool around AD and bring another superstar in to replace he's, LeBron, he's like a he, they can just trade him want, to yeah. get more money off of it. Um, but every week, we we kind of get into a segment we call Coach Speak. Coach Speak to real talk, where we go over something um, that somebody said in the media. And then we react to it and tell you exactly what they meant. Um, and we're going to go straight to the Huskers because this one, this one is coming from Wandale Robinson. And this is something that ever since he said this, it's just been rolling around in my mind. I wrote about it basically in my recruiting notebook last night on HillVarsity.com. And he said this after the game when being asked about what the team did differently against Rutgers on Friday night with a physical running game. He said, quote, it really just came down to making a commitment to really doing it. We had known going into the week that Coach Frost said that that's what they really wanted to be able to do, which was to be able to go in and just run the football. So that was one thing that we knew we would be able to do. It was nice for us to be able to go and do that. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, it's he's telling you a lot. And he actually a said a lot in that, in that when little he says, bit when, when of he four sentences. He actually committed to it and actually went out there and did it. That. Rutgers couldn't be the only team that they had this conversation about because I know they should have had it against Minnesota. Right. Right, because everybody – running backs are still running against Minnesota. Right. Um, everybody else is. Everybody else is. Ohio yeah. State's been, you know, so-so against the run this year, as you saw it, you know, with mm-hmm. Northwestern. Um, so, it, he's telling you a lot. He's telling you that actually what was being said was actually being done and called. Um, it wasn't like that right away. And really, to be honest with you, um, until they really actually started running the ball on a consistent basis, the game was not – they had to do that to actually get the game back in hand. Right. Because with the turnovers and the return kick, you had to – essentially that was their best way to slow the game down. The great thing about the running attack, obviously with Adrian having some big runs, and he was just run. It looked like one time Adrian was running, and it was like, is somebody actually going to come tackle Oh, the me? one where he's running down, yeah. like if you're looking at it on TV, he's running towards the, the left, left of the, the screen. Um, he's like, and it's somebody, just the, the Red Sea parted and nobody was around. He was just kind of yeah, like, Is somebody actually going to come yeah. and try to tackle me? Yeah, that was um, And then when we started running with Dedrick Mills, you started to actually get explosive plays by running the ball. And, and then so you that, started getting plays off of that off too, of that, right? <laughs> which – Essentially, for our whoever calls the plays, that actually was like, okay, now we're starting to get explosive plays, so we're going to actually do it. Because I think one of the biggest problems with Nebraska, if it's not happening easily right away, they don't do it. they like, we got to do something else. Yeah, they, we they, absolutely they only we have to getting, chuck it away and go with something if else. We're not, yeah. If we're only getting two, three, four, might get a six, okay, we get a penalty, okay, we got we, we to gotta start passing right. to open up the running game. And and, and, and the way the game went after that long kick return for a touchdown, they had to go back to the running game and kind of slow it down and get it back under control. 
that under control led to Dedrick Mills' big chunk yards. Even the ones that he was only getting four or five yards, you were like, oh, you know, it was one he got tripped up, and I'm like, this dude's about to go house call. Yeah. Two plays later, 20-yard gain, 18-yard gain. Okay, we get a penalty. Okay, we throw a good pass. He gets tackled. Boom, another 10-yard gain. So I think when we started finally to, you know, gutting their defense, uh, it gave everybody a lot of confidence. I think it it, it, it actually – players have that in their mind, and they remember, you know, Thursday night when they, you know, had their meeting or whenever, they, or especially at the beginning of the week they had their meeting. And also I think what really um, helped Nebraska do this is a short week, right? So they played – the week weekend before, and then you don't have as many days to prep, right? Let's break that down. You you got to actually hone in that 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 playbook. Yeah, you you travel on the, Thursday, get on those. You details, play Friday right? night, and you're actually supposed to play Friday afternoon, right? And uh, granted, obviously the other game got got canceled. So then you have to really okay, what can we do? We have to take advantage of their of their weaknesses, and that's running the ball. Um, Rutgers was definitely dinged up on defense. The guys were going down. They were a worn down team. Man, you in, could see it by what was, was it that we that I texted you was yeah. the, in the second, second quarter, quarter. But when they came out in the second half and they, they did not done. look like they had a, that extra juice extra coming year. out of halftime, yeah. I was like, okay, they they need. To, I think I texted you said they, Nebraska should not pass again, again the ever. rest of this game. Right, it should be Just like nine on seven. There. Every run and play that we have, and maybe put some in on the sideline. We need to run it. And uh, so they took it, you know, I'll give the coaching staff kudos and the players for execution. They, they took advantage of their weaknesses. Look, you had a worn down team, an undersized team, um, and a team that, yeah, of course, you know, they, what Rutgers does, they slant and they, and they shoot the gaps and they'll get, you know, a tackle for loss. And, and, did and they a did decent that. Job. They, they did and they a did pretty that. good job with that. But I also want to give them, uh, commend them on to stick with it. Yeah. Because a lot of times this year and a lot of times last year, if it wasn't working right away, they didn't they didn't stick with it. Um, I think their game plan was uh, to do what they did. I think also having a young, true freshman at left tackle mm-hmm. who has shown you he can run block. Okay. <laughs> now he, I knew that, and I told you. Well, what I'm about saying, Turner Corker, I right. said like the one thing he's going to be able to do dude. from day one is coming yeah. in run block. Because I went down to Lawrence, Kansas, where he's from, and watched him play probably four times. Right. And he was road grading people, and right. I was like, you could. It was just different. Right. Like, he, right. he was very comfortable doing that. So, and that had to be in there. I'm assuming that's going to be in their, you know, in their back of their mind as well, because you want to make his transition as easy as possible. Start him off with confidence. Right. 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 You got person A. Or person B, and we're going to run it. So making him start to play faster with without thinking, and then mix in some passes. And you know what? To be honest with you, he pass blocked better than a lot of guys. I mean, he's not obviously wasn't Brendan Hymas, but he didn't stick out like a sore thumb for somebody not to play all season. I mean, let's face it, he ain't play all season. Yeah, I think he had. Was, I think he had t- uh, ten snaps yeah, coming into I mean, that game. Like right. this, that's, that's just you know two nothing. here, three there. Maybe, right. You know, for a kid that didn't play all season. That it tells me more about him as a as a player and as a person because that lets me know that he was coming to practice every mm-hmm. single day to work and to get better, and then when he has his opportunity as an eighteen year old, this last year, he's in high school, <laughs> right? Playing against guys that he's nine out of ten he's times just so big, much bigger, than so much bigger, right. stronger, better athlete, and he's coming out here. And granted, yes, it's against Rutgers. But you're playing against Big Ten talent, right? Okay, and and a pretty good defensive line, and a pretty good defensive line, and they had they led the Big Ten in tackles for losses. Yep, yep. 
And they were pretty far up there on turnovers, turnovers too. And, exactly. and they got they it against were, us. And, and, they and they're it. active yeah. front. So that's a harder front to deal with. Um, so, you know, all around, I think that the offensive game plan um, was good. Um, and, and especially, I think, from the second quarter on was excellent. I think the, what really hurt the team to keep the game closer was the lack of execution um, from a – Lack of continuity it wasn't execution. Lack of continuity in the first quarter and a half, even the first two quarters, because it would we'd run it two times, pass it six. Right. right, there wasn't any continuity. Then we started to run it four or five times, pass it one or two. And then run. all of a sudden, what you notice though is that everything, once, everything is just open. opened up. Think about right. how much more open space there was once Nebraska committed to running the football, was doing it well, and then all of a sudden, man, you saw Jack Stoll sprinkling right. up the seam. You see Austin Allen. It's you see you, Wandell is, is yeah. running. That that play that they run, they, they had run that and missed that, actually, um, in the Minnesota game where Wandell kind of lines up in the slot and runs like a wheel route right. to get down the sideline. They actually hit that in this game against yep. Rutgers. It's a great throw from Adrian. Um, but that play is there because of all, all of the, the other stuff, the stuff in the run game. Think about now Adrian getting those explosive runs when they're running the zone read or running the RPO because the defense is committing too much to Mills because right. he had been running the like and it's just I sometimes want to just stop the Nebraska offensive coaches and just sit them down, make them watch that and say, You've done this, you did it this game against Rutgers, you have done it other times while these guys have been here. That's how you need to play. Right. Like that's, that's that's the game plan that, that needs to happen. Your, and you can still do all of the other stuff that comes off of that, the downfield passing, the swings, the screens, all of right. that. And it now works a little bit better like it did in that second half because the run game started it off well. And, oh, by the way, your offensive line is so much more engaged coming out knowing that they're going to just go hit somebody in the mouth. Well, like it just looks – everything just looked better and crisper to me offensively um, in this game with that type of game. Right, and, it's a, and this is the – and here's the big – I guess, I don't know, what do you call it? Is it, is it micro or macro when it's big? It is, is it, macro. This, macro. This, that Nebraska education is long gone. Like, <laughs> um the big macro. I'm calling Dennis LeBlanc. <laughs> yeah, Dennis, yeah, Dennis. Well, I graduated. You can't take that away from yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Good the job, Dennis. Statue of Limitations <laughs> of when I was looking on people's papers is over. It's way over. Yeah, way and over. I still have it. Okay, this is the big problem here because in year one, right, mm -hmm. it didn't start – the offense didn't start to look like an offense until we started to feature Divine. Right. He's gone, goes to the NFL. Year two, the last four games, give or take, we finally start pounding Diedrich Mills, yep. right? And we, and we, me and you had these conversations. Yeah, we talked about last that. year. <laughs> yeah, we, crossover game, <laughs> okay, or the miniature bowl game, whatever, <laughs> whatever, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. We're having Champions this Week, I Champions think. Week, right? <laughs> yeah. In our case, Chump Week. Okay? See, <laughs> um, we're having this conversation. Yeah. It seems like, and it might just be coincidence or whatever. We spend so much time trying to do things that we aren't really good at and then finally like all right we got to do it it's almost like a golfer right that that you know putts and chips well and then he's or you know is a consistent golfer and, and he only can hit it and you hear and you read about golfers all the time oh they're, they're they only hit it 290 or 300 well everybody else is hitting at 330 but he's finishing top tens and winning a couple of tournaments playing within his right his skill set his, his skill set you read these articles, and I remember Justin Leonard. Mm -hmm. and he, I, I follow golf and watch it. 
he you know he wanted to get longer, so he came out there with this long driver, yeah. right? Because he he wanted to pick up an extra ten yards. Ain't been seen on the golf course since. <laughs> right. Now he's in the booth, right? So he got outside of his skill set, right. right? So our skill set, also in the sense we're sitting here in this table, is this big black. Is this a rectangle here, right? Yeah. Okay. And then everything else that you want to do is in, in is these small squares. Yep. Outside right? of that. Yep. Outside of that. When are we going to be okay and be accustomed to it and be okay with it? Yeah. Because it really, when we were talking, that's the difference between us and everybody else. Really, in our it, that we've lost to when we shouldn't. Purdue is okay with who they are, with, yeah. with their skill set. Illinois obviously was. We'll see what the – and I'm sure it's going to be cranked yeah, up Yeah, they're going to have something with Bielema, you know. Right, it's going to be even more than what we saw. Wisconsin, Iowa, Northwestern, they're all okay with it. Yeah, now, Minnesota they, is totally – and that's how you end up with the result that you had. They right. knew what they were going to come in And then too, when you know? can add NFL talent and develop NFL talent at the skill positions, they, all, they start to look a lot better. Mm-hmm. Minnesota's offense – when I, when we came when I watched them before they went on their two week shutdown, mm-hmm. really started to take off because they really start hammering hammering their running back, mm-hmm. Abraham, and then Bateman was doing well. Then the other receivers doing well. Then the freshman number seven came in. Mm-hmm. Now he looks a lot better because his reads are easier, mm-hmm. right? So our passing attack was to the tight ends. Who I'm going to give them credit. They, they got have, better. They have really stepped up every single week. You know, Jack Stahl was doing well before he got hurt. Austin Allen, I think, is really – I thought was the most improved, most improved player, player maybe on the entire team. On, definitely on, on the, the entire offense, team yeah. and definitely the most consistent. Yeah, you knew what consistent. you – I felt like when we you entered games knowing you that it, you could you were going to get something from Austin Allen. You were going to get everything Allen. positive yeah. from him, yeah. and you were actually surprised. You were just waiting for it, right? Yep. You, when is he yeah, when, when they going to get him involved. When yeah. is he going to be out there on the perimeter having a really good block and really mm-hmm. good technique and stuff? Yeah, like, really he, hats off to him. Like, I really like what he did. If you're talking about a guy that – be up for cap, being a captain. I don't know what he is in the locker room. That's a guy. That, yeah, that's and a, a guy, guy. When you hear him in the press conferences too, like he tells it like it, it is, is. Like you right. know, th- and you know that he's not just saying that in front of the cameras. You know no. that he's going up because the, guys the coaches in, could, because in Lubick that. already told you he's done it in practice. When a coach is saying everything that he's he's did he's doing on Saturdays or Fridays or whatever is what we see every week. That's a guy that you want leading your team yeah. because when he set, when he talks, he's like Ev Hutton, right <laughs> yeah. or whatever, right? You're listening. So, you know, until Nebraska really comes into the terms with who we are and how we have to be within this office in the Big Ten, we're 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 gonna. I always say that we're like punching ourselves in the face and waiting for a knockout blow. But the thing is, is they they have the ingredients. This is what what can be so frustrating about this when we talk about like them adjusting to the Big Ten. And I know that they don't want. To, I don't want to say that they don't want to. That might be too strong. They, they are hesitant. They be Scott. They're fighting it. They're fighting, making the final adjustment, I think, to what has to happen yep. with this offense. And it goes all the way back to the very first press conference when somebody asked him, and he said, we hope that the Big Ten has to adjust to our offense, right? Then it goes back to some of that pride that you have. But you, that pride needs to be put to the side when you're not winning games and your offense is sputtering because you're not making the adjustment. We have enough evidence now to know that if Nebraska is more power spread versus UCF spread, that they are a better offense, right? Like, I feel like we have enough evidence of that. And you play a little bit more to what's happened with your natural recruiting strength because they've done a good job of bringing in offensive linemen. Because if you look, we we started off talking about Turner Corcoran, who was actually the highest-rated tackle 
that Nebraska has ever signed in the internet era, okay, he, who was actually higher rated as a high schooler than Wandale Robinson. Like, to right. give you perspective right. of how, like, highly thought of, of a recruit right. when they beat out Oklahoma and Ohio State for him, um, he was the real deal coming out of high school. And then on the other side, you have Bryce Benhart, yeah. who just a, a couple notches below, below what he right. was um, as a prospect. And then, okay, you you, you got something at tackle, but you're really yeah. going to have four-year starters four years, at bookend yeah. um, on your tackle. Then you have Ethan Piper at guard, who quietly, barring anything crazy, will end up being a multi-year starter right, as yeah. well. Because even he's though a, he, even though he got he got yanked a little bit against the he did, and he's got to clean up some of the details when right. it comes to penalties and nothing. Even though the one against Minnesota, I still don't believe that was a holding. But right. he's had that he had that happen to him in a previous game as well. So he's got to be the one to adjust. Then you have Cam Jurgens on the inside who. We have not been talking about the last snaps. few weeks because the right. snaps have been fine. And, it's, and we've said this before to each other, as long as his snapping is okay, his play is very fine. good. Yeah. Like, he's a good he's a, he's good, a good center, center if, right. if, if, if <laughs> with the caveat that he's snapping the ball well, right. right? And so that's four out of your five guys right there are solid offensive linemen that are still young that you can build with. Okay, how do you continue to build on that? I would go into the offseason, and I would, I'm Greg Austin, I'm Scott Frost, Matt Lubick. I bring those guys into the office, and I say, I put on that Rutgers tape of them blowing off the ball and firing guys up, and I say, this is how we want you guys to be able to play. And I guarantee you, they would head into winter conditioning with Zach Duvall the with a lot of bounce in that yeah, step, yeah, right? right? It mindset. would be a whole different mindset, I'm, and it would make this offense better. I hope that that's what they, that they get closer to doing something like that. I think that that's their path to success. I don't is. get paid five million bucks, but I'm telling you what I see on right. Saturdays and Fridays, and I think that's their path to success. They, I, I'm gonna take it even a step further. I'm gonna call them in my office and. I'm going to bring in my top six guys. Now, if you're bringing Farniak back or if he's coming yeah, if he back, okay, then he's back, coming yeah. too. But I'm bringing them four in, then maybe Hickson, and then yeah. they got some young guys too. Yeah, and then they have a whole, they, a whole bunch, bunch of young but dudes. I'm that talking are, about the guys yeah. that have played. Okay. Right? Okay, and then, that I – well, them four are going to be playing or starting. Yeah, those are starters. Those okay, four those are like – right, Corcoran, Benhart, Piper, okay. and Jurgens are four of your five starters. They're coming in this room, <laughs> and I'm going to say, listen here, this is how I expect – this is how this is what we're doing – we are going to sink or swim with you guys. Yeah. Okay? So you guys need to start to develop the men- mentality that you guys are the baddest dudes on the block, and whoever comes in there with you, they better be along with you. Right. And that's how, that's how the pipeline was. Mm-hmm. And, and that's how they were built. And the next year, when Aaron Taylor, you know, moved in for Joe, uh, Joe Wilkes and X, Y, and Z, it didn't stop. Right. right? So, those, so the young guys are coming in and watching these guys go through it, and they're inspiring it to them. So if they're – you know, got to miss a game or two, the young guy is stepping in and going from there. What that conversely will do, that will make Daniels, Rodgers, Robinson, Green, uh, Riley, uh, the anybody else on the defensive Man, line. That was, a, well, that was a good handful right. of dudes on that defensive line. I like those defensive okay, lines. Yeah. But that's so, okay, but then now, <laughs> but I know now you can... know every day when you come to spring ball, you in for a fight. Right. And and you better come with it. Right. And that's and that's how you build a team. Right. The, the the team is only going to go as far as your offense and defense and line play and have depth. That's it. You can have. I mean, it, now granted, there's now we're going to get into the skill positions, okay, yeah. or, or, or one skill position in or two. 
But that offense and defensive line have to take ownership. Adrian needs to continue to play better, and he needs to be pushed, and he actually needs to be coached right. consistently. But he also needs to be able to trust in those offensive linemen, which right. will, again, another benefit of this would be that he would be able to have more faith in those guys. And you heard him say it after the right. game on Friday, right? right. Is that? And it, I thought it was a really nice move, and it was another good, like, Adrian, like, um, podium moment where he was able to – he said the right thing. It right. sounds like the captain that you want him to be and all of that, and he's done that all all year, um, where the very first thing he did about the offensive success on Friday was give credit to that offensive line. Sure. And, that was, and, and I thought that it, it, he looked very comfortable out there with them versus when you've seen other times this this season where he gets the ball back there and it, it's happy it's, feet right away right. because he doesn't trust that the pocket's going right. to be Right, and it starts with the snap and everything like that. So, right. I mean, it's, it's – it's, it's, Look, like you said, the, the frustrating part is they have. It's there. They, they, they don't have there. to make these sweeping it, changes to be gotta, able to do we this. We don't got to change. Not, like, no. to, they don't uh, have to go recruit different guys right. to be able yeah. to do That's it. That's why I was saying I don't want to hear anything about talent. I don't. I mean, of course, we need more talent. Everybody wants and, more talent. And really, to be honest with you, we don't need more talent. We got to make sure we keep the talent that we recruit and we got to develop them. Right. You, what, what people get, I guess, mis, you know, guided on is – these guys coming in as freshmen, and the next thing you, you know, they're like Jerry Rice is a, you know, they're just dominant. Right. That doesn't happen. You can, you yeah, you'll get, get a guy here, there. One but, guy, like if you get one of those guys per class, the, where Nebraska recruits, if you get one guy per class like that, yeah. you're happy. Right. Like you're not, that's you're just a, not going to get That's yeah. a solid starter, but these guys are you're up there now. thinking that they're going to come in. And be like, oh, 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 you know, Olive from Ohio State, right at 18 years old. I mean, Northwestern's number 81, their, their receiver. He had a lot of injuries, um, and now is really starting to show out about his senior year, right? Mm-hmm. He had he came in as a freshman, played well, got hurt, battled. Now he, he was, you know, second team All Conference as a, as a senior. You look at the uh, Indiana receivers, right? Mm-hmm. They didn't start really taking off till last year. You know what I mean? Now what they have one guy that's kind of been playing for the last three three years, but the other two they didn't start taking off the last year. So you got to think that you got to get these guys in, keep them, and develop them. But you got to do it on a more personal level. You can't get guys in here. And, and look, I know if you for every five guys you recruit, there's going to be two, one or two knuckleheads. So the uh-huh. three that aren't knuckleheads, you got to make sure you get the most out of them. You can't get guys here and within twelve to 16 or 18 months and be like, all right, this dude can't play. You just recruited this dude for like Right, there was here. a reason why you recruited him. We've got to figure out how to utilize those skills in right. the field. Like, and that's why I get nervous when you see guys that come into the program and then you just don't hear, hear about, about them, them right. or from them at all. all. Now, there's a difference, right? There's a difference between saying, okay, we're building a guy up and he's marinating in the lab yeah. for a couple of years before right. he can go out there and play and – had not been able, not hearing anything about them, seeing them out there in garbage time, anything like that. There's a big gap yeah. <laughs> between those two things, um, and there's still there's a little bit too much of the side with Nebraska right now, where you just guys get pushed to the side, and it can't always be well. Okay, this next group of recruits is going right. to come in, and that's going to be the thing that changes it. Because wait, at some point, you have to be able to get the most out of guys that you recruited. We're not even talking about guys that were just here for you. Right. you know, on guys that you picked right. right like those guys can't always just be pushed to the side and let's be honest we're not getting guys on a consistent basis that are ready made those guys are going to clemson alabama ohio state georgia 
Right, it's the same handful of teams that are they're, they're, they're taking the top end guys here. So um, we got to get we got to start making the most out of what we're doing, and and it doesn't mean that these guys can't eventually be the type of players that are at those other schools. We got to put more time and energy into them, and then also we got to define roles for everybody on the team. And this is what I this is really what the biggest thing for this team. If there's one thing that if I sat down with the powers that be, and they were like, hey, what do you think we need to improve on? I would say roster management. Roster management just isn't saying, I got four running backs. Okay, that's roster management. I got seven receivers, five tight ends, 12 offensive linemen, three quarterbacks, and then I'm going to recruit one every year. That's not it. Roster management is having us three in this room, and you got Wandell, over here at receiver. Sasha okay. is Wandale. Sasha is Sasha's our Sasha's our Wandale. She's our, you know. She came in as a star. She came in as a star. Me and you, okay, if I'm Hickman, I got to do, I got to make a decide. How can I use your skill set? Can I get you some jump balls because you're pretty athletic and he's 6'4", right. 6'5", right? Because we know you're, you know, you're most likely not going to be a vertical threat. Right. Okay, we got three tight ends coming in, two established tight ends coming in. Tight end is going to be hard for you to do. Do we got to switch position for you? Right. Could you develop into an outside linebacker in a year or two? Do you have that mentality and it's something that you're open to? But if you only want to play receiver or kind of a, you a know, red role. zone hybrid, uh, you know, uh, receiver, then you know what? You're going to be doing a lot of stock blocking, which I call it like one-on-one blocking over there so we can run our swing passes, X, Y, and Z. And then you got the Houstons and you got the Nances that you guys are straight line guys. We got to get something out of you too. That's where the roster management really, really happens. And it doesn't mean that every single kid that you're talking to is going to be Wandell Robinson. They can be. It shouldn't know, just it, be. And by that, it shouldn't be boomer. It, it shouldn't be boomer bust. Right. It yeah. cannot be if we don't hear from you right away your freshman year right. that. Oh my God, that guy just might, must not be any good at all. Any like, good it at can't all. be that. Right. Like there has to, there's a there's uh, got gap to that be needs a to be plan closed. Yeah. For it, and as you're, in, and it has, and this is what I'm saying: it's roster management. As you're playing during the season, you got to have scrimmages or whatever for these guys to to, to improve. Because if if you go, if you come into the like when you start the season, you should be in the best shape that you're in, mm-hmm. right? Then as you go along. You know, you your football skills should start to take off, right? right? Because when you come in, it, it's the 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 muscles. It's the, you know you're physically in the best shape. You're running, but now you're playing football, right? You're, I'm doing back. My back pedal should be that much better because I'm doing it four or five days a week, and right. then I'm playing, right? So just think if you come in to to training camp, you go through two days, and then the season starts, and then you don't do any of that, right? Any of that. So essentially, you're starting over new every single year. You're not. That's how you're not developing. Right. When we and and I and I know the rules are a little different, but I know that you can take ten minutes after practice of one day a week and get after it, right? right. For the young guys. And what, when I was a freshman, a redshirt freshman, we go through the whole week of practice. Wednesdays, we were it was, it was twenty plays where we were running our defense against our offense against anybody that really wasn't playing. Right. So it could be. Uh, Houston, right. or it could be a Nance, huh. right? That's not going to play, but you're out there going against the Pola Gates, or you're going against the right. The you to, or you, so that or way, you keep right. those guys as sharp as you can, right. To give them game like right. situations. Because it's, by the way, there some of those guys are going to be needed out of necessity if you have injuries right. by chance or something like that, right. right? Right. And here's the thing: now we went 20 plays live, but then we also went five to ten minutes group work. 
and going through skill development as well. So that's 30 minutes. Right. Right. That's in, in, that's not, and that's for the guys that were redshirted, not getting in reps, you know, during practice. These are guys that should be getting some reps, first or second team reps. Now, I know that they're, they're the way they do practice is different because we had stations everywhere. Right. You know, we had four stations on offense, four stations on defense. So you were getting reps, right? Mm-hmm. But if they're not doing that now, you got to find ways to get these guys and develop them because eventually you, you, you could – two things can happen. One, you could have departures in your roster. Two, you can miss out on somebody that actually could give you – and develop into right, something now really, you've really got good. more opportunity as a coach to it, see, them see them do stuff like right. oh man you know greg smith man, man you know what you know since the start of the season you know what he's starting to you know get off the line a little bit better uh-huh. you know let's let's see how he does it. let's get him a couple reps next week right. okay, okay he did all right in practice all right you know what let's throw him in there at the end of the game okay. let's throw him in there in a controlled environment hey greg these are the five plays i need you to know in and out against these coverages against this defense x y and z mm-hmm. That's the then you can keep them engaged. Right. Then you're you're developing them. Then you have a plan for them. And also, by and if me and you are in there and you're a receiver and say I am not working as hard as I, I should or whatever, but I see you take advantage of your opportunity. Now I have right. A, now I, I have see another guy. Now I see something that's tangible. Right. So now I can go in there and, and, and sit in front of Luke and say, all right, what do I need to what do I need to do to give myself the best chance to compete for a position in playing time? Right. And he can say. A, B, C, and D. And if you don't believe me, here's your other, here's your co-partner that did it. Right. Now just go do it. And that's the biggest thing that they need to do in the offense. Yes, they should, you know, they're gonna, they should add some stuff that on offense, add some stuff on defense. But until they can get their roster management down and their, um, their, I guess their plan in place for individually, you can't do it collectively. You can't have a, a you can't have a macro plan. You can't have a. A, a culture or a foundation or who you are until every single person knows who they are so they can go out there and do it. Right. You get what I'm saying? That's what one of the biggest things I always tell people about what coach Osborne did. He let everybody coach the way they wanted to coach, but they all were coaching the way that he set forth for every right. He right. set the plan. He set and the plan. You, you have, he you set the plan it. and parameters. You stay within stay that, and, but be you. Be you. <laughs> right. And they recruited that way. They coached that way. They developed that way. And then that also trickled down to the older players, right? Mm-hmm. So I remember one particular time, Troy Dumas and Clint, Clint Brown were out there watching me playing in my, like, little freshman scrimmage. You would thought it was a Super Bowl out there, mm-hmm. right? Because they wanted to make sure that I was upholding the things that they were being taught from Coach Samuel, from Coach Steele, mm-hmm. from then Coach McBride. From Coach Osborne, right? Right, it's bigger than you, and that's and, it's, and all of that stuff is connected, right? And those are is. all of the things that it's so it's hard to explain in a way, but in a way it's not that end up adding up and making a huge impact on your overall program. Go back right. to the macro, micro, right? And it's funny because the thing that and and not planning on going into like what they need to work on in the off season, but we're here, so we're gonna stay here. If if yours is roster management. Mine is a little more abstract, but Frost actually kind of mentioned it, which is Nebraska has to figure out however they got to do it. They have to become obsessed with details. They yes. have to become a program that, and, and whether it's in practices, it's in the meeting rooms, it's how they lift weights. 
Everything they do needs to be about the little things. We can't yeah. let any little things slide because when we get to game days on Saturday, we as if I was on the team, we need to then be out there making sure that those little penalties don't happen, those right. holdings. those. And now ever since you said this, and I blame you and I'm mad at you for even putting this in my mind, ever since you told me go look at how the punt and kickoff returners catch the ball and how they catch the ball with right. their hands above um, their head and how right. that's, that's not fundamental football, right. like ever since you told me that I see you that now every, every game yeah. I see it every game and that to me is one of those just little things now has that resulted except for the Cam Taylor Brit time has that resulted in anything horrible happening not necessarily but it's still a detail right it it's a, still it's something that that just needs to be cleaned up and I think that that is something that Nebraska has got to figure out is that everything that they do needs to be about the little things right. about what's happening because that to me is also if you if you talk about like they're quote unquote close, if you just want to really boil it down, like the how to figure out and close that gap just really simply is to stop doing the little stupid stuff that they've right. been doing and how you do that, it starts in the off season. Yeah. Then they become obsessed with the details. It's right. just a huge thing. Yeah, we're going to still continue a, the basis of what we're going to do in our weight room and stuff like that. we got to hit every rep. I don't, I don't want to – you're not – if it's supposed to be 10, you better not be doing nine. Right. And you got to start riding, guys. And, and the reason why, it'll take about two or three weeks to get everybody to under – the first week they'll fight it. Second week they'll kind of – you know, be in and out. By the third week, they'll be like, okay, this, they ain't changing, so mm. let's do this. And it's it'll make them better. It really yeah. will. Um, footwork will be huge. When you see it a lot with the offensive line, um, you you uh, I, there, there was a picture tweeted out, I think it was when Nebraska played Tennessee in the Fiesta Bowl when they had Dominic Riola, Tony Finotti, and Willie Miller. I think Willie Miller was a fullback, and he tweeted it or Instagrammed it out. As these guys were running their play and they were pulling, all of them looked the same. Left because they were going to all one was going to kick out a block. Dominic was pulling up around. Mm-hmm. Willie was leading on a lead play, right? Mm-hmm. But when they were going into contact, all their footwork, their leverage, left foot, left shoulder was all the same. Okay. And that's and that's attention to details yep. because they probably went through it. If you watch Alabama play offensive line, mm-hmm. right? The reason why they look so good in college and a lot of like their offensive linemen don't really – it doesn't really translate to the pros. One, because I think they're really, really run heavy. but And then I, th- I think they just got a bunch of big maulers, right. right? Like Chance Womack was unstoppable in college. Yes. <laughs> but in the pro, I don't even know if he's still playing. Yeah, I have no um, idea. When you watch them do it, they look – like they're in unison and they're ne- Iowa. They always look mm-hmm. like they're in unison. Wisconsin. It's their, Wisconsin. It's their footwork. It's their technique. And they do it over and over and over. So it's second nature. And when you get those details done, you'll see the the, the less legal proce- procedures or penalties, the offsides, the, the ticky-tack holdings. You'll see like, uh, what was it? I think um, was against Minnesota and, and Bryce Barnhart got that ticky-tack holding call mm-hmm. where he didn't keep moving his feet and didn't finish him, and he kind of did the high school move, which they wouldn't have called it, where he right. kind of just, like, stopped his feet and kept in, and held him. Right. But it was at the point of attack, right? You'll keep your feet moving, and you won't even use your hands, right? Because right? all you had to do was just wall them off, and that was a big play, explosive play. Right. Now you take that explosive play away, now it's almost an explosive negative play because of the penalty, mm-hmm. right? Those are the things that, that, are, that are paramount. It'll, it'll increase the, the efficiency of practice. And then when Scott really actually goes out there and says, we had a really good week of practice, people start believing you. Right. People right. really start believing you. Um, 
And I think what people also are getting, and I was thinking about this, when he says they have a good week of practice, you, in his mind, they're co- they've come a long way because I'm assuming those first few practices that he saw, yeah, we're probably we're probably like, dude, <laughs> I'm watching a Division three team, yeah, play. like so now they starting yeah. to get a little bit better and better and better, and it's and it's the practice habits, and I think a lot of it had to do with energy also mm-hmm. as well. Um, a lot of it you can say you had a good practice when you see some guys improving as well. Right. So if I have like a bunch of young guys in a practice and they're improving from say like week one to week six, and they're continuing to do it and they're getting better, that sometimes can gloss over the guys that have been here that haven't been practicing well because they actually are who they are, right. and we know who we're talking about, right? right? So they are who they are. But then I'm like, okay, actually, you know what? Some of the stuff I'm seeing from the young guys is actually pretty good. Right. And then also when you're seeing Adrian probably practice a lot better, that's when he can get up there and say it, right. and that's what he's really thinking. People will say, well, you're not playing well. Well, some of the guys that that aren't playing well hadn't been playing well all season, but those are the guys that have been playing the most because they're the most experienced. And 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 a lot of times the guys that don't play well. Here's the funny thing that people don't understand: a lot of times if you get a guy that's been playing here a while and say been through like at least two coaches and plays, he's a but doesn't play well on Saturdays and just mm-hmm. right. What he's able to do, this is what people don't understand: he's able to, and I hate to say fake it. But he's able to go to practice, to get through practice, to know how to practice well enough to put you out there on Saturday. Right. Just to, to And then keep he me might the show you a week or two when you maybe jump his butt that I'm actually do extra in practice. Okay, right. now okay, the light's coming on. Yep. But then when Saturday comes and you're going against guys that bite back, it's the same thing. That's where if that's the one thing that I know Nebraska's missing because some of these guys are way too comfortable with being average. Right. And that's the average mentality. I always try to tell people, go to practice to get better and not get through practice. Because if you're going to practice to get better, because it changes every week. You know, I remember being in Buffalo and Houston, and when I was, you know, at the height of my career, in one week I played, you just say I went two weeks and been playing really well against the run, and my leverage was good, taking on blocks, my hand placement was good, and then you get out there against, like, you know, Marshall Falk or Edger and James, and they are against a really good offensive line. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, you take a couple of L's, and I'm like, oh, I, I put that on tape. Right. So I got I to gotta go, and I really got to focus in and work on it. Or there's a time that, like, you know, when you play Peyton Manning, right, and you're mm-hmm. playing, you're leading up to Peyton Manning, or you're the, you might have a practice where, you know what, my reads weren't very crisp. So I got to work on that. So it changes every week, though. Right. So the that's why you got to come changes, through, yeah. You got to get better. Do You know, I need to be crisper with my calls. I need to be crisper with my checks. I got to be faster with my checks. I got to be better with my initial footwork, right? Mm-hmm. It's stance. Everything has to be something that you're working on every week to get better. It can't be like, okay, I have arrived. And you got too many guys, I think, or had too many guys that have taken that mentality. Yes, they worked hard, right? right. They went out and they ran the sprints and they do everything. But they didn't come to practice with the right mentality of getting better because every week they didn't have it in themselves. Not Coach Austin, not Coach Held, not Coach Lubick, not Coach Frost, not Shenander, Fisher, uh, you know, Dawson or anybody like that. It's it's something that you have to when I when we watch that tape that I have to have a self reflect I gotta grade myself harder than Sasha or you. Right. I have to. Because if you don't, you become too relaxed into it. Right. You know, because you could read it and say, Oh, you know, read your little grade sheet if they get him. All right, that's good enough. You start putting a couple 82 with 
those nineties ain't never they're too they come too far away. Right. You know what I'm saying? But you also hear, and it's funny because I'm, I'm gonna go call out specific position groups. You can tell though from listening to players and their coaches, um, position coaches, who's taken that criticism to heart and who is saying that this isn't good enough and who isn't right but just based off of what they say and if what they're saying matches what their position coach says right Right, i'll give you the good example so it doesn't say so vague when you listen to defensive linemen for nebraska talk they sound a lot like what coach tuioti is saying right that you when you hear casey rogers talk you know that he's not satisfied with what he had done earlier in the season and conversely you see him getting better throughout the year right right you can see it. Right. <laughs> you can see when that stuff happens. And that's what you need to start happening everywhere. Because right. in, as you head into an offseason where you, you're going to have a lot of questions and you need a lot of position groups to continue to get better, and you always need them to get better no matter where they were, um, but definitely with where their record was, you need people taking that self-reflection and ownership to say, okay, we've seen – in certain spots, a semblance of success, and maybe to stick with your analogy, like I was an 81, I graded out, but I was at 81, and we didn't play nearly as well as we needed. So how do I get, get from an 81 to, to a 90? Or, or even, yeah, 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 not even that huge of a jump. If I get to 86, how yeah. do I get five percentage points better? It goes back to what I was saying, which you have to start with honing in on those details and being right. obsessed with that. And that's how you start to make those incremental um, changes. And then it starts to trickle down because then, and, and you see it a little bit too. If, if I'm Casey Rogers, if Casey Rogers is making improvements from the time that he got here, if I'm Ty Robinson, I can look at Casey and say, oh, that's how you have to work and that's how you actually get better and that's how it happens for a guy. If I'm a really good example of this, is Damian Daniels, right? right? Damian Daniels had had the same criticism about him for a couple of years, right, about he, he needed to get in better shape so he could go out there and play more plays so he could continue to be more explosive, hold up at the point of attack to where the point with Coach Tuyoti was at last week, two weeks ago, really praising him right. for where he's come from. Come from. But what that'll do is – is Nash Hutmacher behind him? Right. We'll see. Oh, okay. It can happen if you stick to the plan to the and plan. you continue to work like this. And that's what you need to see from all over the place. And that's what you were talking about about guys, you know, coming your day, coming to see like the the freshman scrimmages and what right. have you, and making sure that the, you were honing in on those details. It's just all passed right. down and trickled that's, down, right. and that's how and that's that how stuff you works. Reload and that's how you build a team, and that's how you <laughs> reload and not rebuild. Right. It, then you then you can project. Oh, Jay graduated. Oh, here comes Greg. Right. You know what I'm saying? Greg Greg played some, and he's showing some flashes. We expect him to step up. And, and, he, it, and I learned it from, from you right. to then come through. Yeah, Right. And, and I always say, look, it's just in leadership and coaching. Um, that's why I always say, like, when, when, when Bo left and they, they won those games, actually it's, it, you're giving a credit to Bo because right. it's, you always see what you've done when you leave. Right. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so uh, it's just no different than, you know, Tony Dungy, you know, getting fired. John Gruden comes in and won the Super Bowl. Tony Dungy had it. That's pretty much his Super Bowl. John Gruden. Right, those guys were brought in by him. him And the the culture was already set. Same thing, uh, you know, here as a position leader, when you're in a leadership position at Nebraska as a captain or a captain of your said position group, you know, one of the things I would always look at when I was in the Buffalo sitting up there watching the Nebraska game, seeing the guys that I was, you know, in the room with just last year, how they played. So if they, when they were going out and playing well, I was, that was, I didn't feel like 
they owed me anything. I felt like I actually did something good, and right. I left a good foundation there on how to continue to do it. And hopefully I inspired them to go to the NFL or whatever because they saw me do it. They saw me work from a redshirt freshman, sophomore, junior, senior year. Boom, he's gone. All right, Jay did it. This is what he's talking about. He's been a, He was invested in us. You know what I mean? Because you should never be so scared of competition that you're not trying to get them to be the best that they can be. Because if you're a true competitor, I want to beat you out at your best position right. when you're at your best. Right? Sometimes people think, like, I only want to be a competitor when I know I'm better than somebody. That's not it. That's right. that's not that's that's not being a competitor. Especially not in this ki- in a team in a scenario team. because eventually you're going to need that guy. You're going to need that guy. To play. And he might have strengths that are your weaknesses. And if you come in with an open mind, you can learn from him. He can learn from you. And if you're secure in your work ethic, your athletic ability, your playmaking ability, and who you are as a person, you're not going to be scared of competition. Right. Yeah. So it's, so it's interesting because we – I feel like we cannot let this moment pass without talking about kind of the topic of the day, which is Nebraska is not playing in this bowl game. Right. Right. So Nebraska, I guess on Saturday, got together and voted. As Coach Frost had said that they would get together and vote or kind of talk about it as a team. This happened on Saturday. Um, but the guys came in and, and uh, they elected as a result of a vote to not play in a bowl game. It was kind of unclear on which bowl game that they would have ended up playing in, but it sounds like the one in Arizona, what, on Christmas Eve, day after yeah. Christmas, sometime this week. When I want to know when you your first reaction to that when you heard okay they are they are out they're not going to play in the bowl game after the year has, that has been twenty twenty right. what was your first reaction? Uh, I mean, I, my first initial reaction, impulsive re- reaction, was like, man, you know, how could you turn down a chance to play? Right. Because me as a player, I always wanted to play. There was never enough. Games. I would rather play than practice. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And they did a lot of practice. They did a lot of practicing. Then I sat back and I could see why they didn't play. One, first of all, if you're truly trying to tr- teach kids something about um, where the standard is, we shouldn't accept the bowl game regardless of who, however many seniors you got because we didn't earn it. Right. right. Our season was not good. No, it was we not. Just they're in it because of the weird. But just at the end of the day, we did not play well enough to warrant a bowl game. Yeah, which through, is through, I do think through, I do think through, that impacted that the did. feeling. Like through, if they were four and four, if they like were it four would be and four, because or you felt if they like were you four that. and three, you know, because they only played seven games, you know, yeah. before the the last game. Yeah, or if they ended up being four and four, or if they were five and three, you know, after their total games, it's a totally different conversation. We're three and five. Right. Okay. Um, and then, you know, you don't, you want to make sure if you're trying to uphold the brand and the, uh, you know, the continuity of what you're trying to say, we didn't earn it. We didn't play well enough. We don't deserve this bowl game. We're not going to take a hand me down bowl game like when Nebraska went because of the GPA. Remember that? I do remember that. Okay. That, that's a, you know, you're embarrassing yourself and you're lowering your standards. Right. So then I can see why they didn't play. Then when you factor in all the different things that they, you know, they came back early. They, you know, they were one of the few teams I think uh, that didn't have a real big outbreak. You know, it's kind of individualized, and they did. A, and I'm gonna give them, commend them on taking care of the kids, doing what's right by them, keeping everybody safe. And when mm-hmm. Scott said, "Hey, look, I'd rather them be here under our watch with the best care possible." Yeah, that that proved out, and I'm not gonna lie to you. I was one of the people on the front end that was like, "Okay, man, you're just saying that." Like everybody believes that, but they actually proved that out, and they did it with the right intentions. And and that's taxing. I remember talking to two of the coaches, and I remember it was before the first game, I think, or leading up to the first game, and he was like, "Damn, man," he's like, 
we got to do you. He's like, you wouldn't imagine all the things that we got to do just to play one game. Right. Now, also now here's also another thing that I don't think I've any of the people have talked about on the, and it, granted it's just Monday and or whatever, but yeah. Sunday and say, now listen here, if we're in a different conference, if we're in the SEC or SEC or, or SEC in the ACC where the, their protocols are different, you're, yeah. I, don't, I think that you're not worn out as much. Probably because not. Yeah, yeah. If the, it was a little the, more lax with the protocol. Right. A little more. Pro- well, because you're not out 21 days right. and all that stuff. I mean, that's taxing. You, mm-hmm. I mean, just think, imagine going to take a COVID test and you and you might have done everything that you did last week, but somehow you got COVID or the, the test would come up positive. Right. And you're out three weeks. Right. And you you get what I'm saying? That's taxing on you. Right. Because it's, you're fighting an unknown. So. When I started to think like that and, and thinking about the roster or the record, excuse me, then everything they've been through, how long they've been at it, then not rewarding, I call it bad behavior or bad play, I can see why they didn't want to play. And then to be honest with you, if, if when they take a vote and you got majority of the guys that don't want to play, then you don't want to go out there and play anyway. Yeah, I was going to say, that would, would not have been a good recipe anyway. No, if you I'm not end forcing up forcing to people right. to go out I'm there, and a, it's a, football is not a game that you just kind of willy not a game. It's either A or B. It's right, you're in or out. Yeah. You're in or out. And if yeah. you're not in it and you're tired and you want to be done, that's cool. And yeah. uh, and that's just the way it is. It, I, can, I would find it very hard. I don't think that vote would be the same if the record was different. No, because you would feel like you were building towards something, towards something. else, and, and it, it would just. I think the I think the record because you're willing the to record do and more. how they played, and the embarrassment that they did themselves, it, it, it's something that that, that it, it, it it's hard for them to. Do. And you get the it's not the it's, it, also the one thing we have not said yet it's it's not the same type of bowl trip. No, it's not. Because even if you go and let's say they were, they were going to go to Phoenix, right? Like you're not the going, benefits of going to Phoenix are not there anymore yeah, you're, because you're going to just be at the hotel. That could have right. been anywhere. Like, right. but you're going to have to go, go and be in the protocol. The yeah, like you just, just play, go. You play in Nebraska, so right? This is not a regular bowl game. Yeah, you probably get bowl gifts and it, it yeah, might you would have still got yeah. That and so it, it's not the same thing. Um, I think people are like like in you know of course Nebraska was on the forefront wanting to play and they should have been able to play. And eventually they did. So people were like, well, why don't you want to play one more game? Um, I also think that the way they've played and then way they played at against Rutgers is probably the best way to go into the offseason. Because you're almost playing – say they go down and play – I mean, at this point, Nebraska played anybody. Like Tulane. If they, or they, if they, they can play anybody at this point. Right. Army, and they go out there and lay an egg. Now you're going into the offseason – a whole bunch of holes punched into what you did against Rutgers. Now, mm-hmm. Rutgers is not like beating Ohio State or having an upset victory against Wisconsin or Iowa or something like that, but it's a good victory. Yeah, it's still and a, you big end, it's a Big Ten win, which there has not been enough and of those. You had so to you do, and, you, and you're ending on a positive note. Right. So when you're trying to teach kids and have a something to show them that's tangible, it's this tape, and it's probably the best time to do it. Um but I will say, me as a competitor, it, it, competitor, it would be hard for me to sit in that room and look at all the work I put in, and I got one more chance to tee it up. I mean, just think if this is the last time that you ever would get to play. Like, you're one of these guys that maybe – you know, there, I played with Phil Ellis, right, that mm-hmm. could have went and played in the NFL. I played with guys that were not even close as good as Phil Ellis. Mm-hmm. But Phil Ellis already had a job lined up to be an engineer, mm-hmm. so he didn't want to go play, right? right? 
Just imagine if you're like him, but you he would probably want to play one more game. Right. Now, granted, we won a national championship his senior year, right. but just say yeah, okay, but just say we didn't, and you want to play one more time. I know people look. I know it's hard to get up for games sometimes when you kind of been let down. Um, I know you asked me about the Virginia Tech game. It was a little bit hard because of the letdown. It was, See, but, yeah, but, but that was a different close, situation too, though, because, because you were we let ourselves towards a national championship again, and, and then, then we laid an egg, laid an egg, and then you've got to go play a game against Virginia Tech in '96 that you yeah. would have. Then you're just like, okay, I yeah, know, yeah. And, and, and but then, but then the competitor, the competitor had to come out and say, look, dude, and it, it started at halftime. Well, look, we 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 got to get wake up, right? Because we can't go out here and double embarrass ourselves. We have to have pride about it. So we ended up pulling the game out. But it was a hard game to get up for. I don't think this, the situations are, are the same. But I also can see why. I can see more reasons why they didn't play versus why they did. I would have just liked to play. Um, now, if I was a senior and, and you know, going to be drafted high, I would probably wouldn't play. But I was never in that position. Right. You know, if I'm in Dominican Sioux, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to Yeah, play. it's time to go ahead and roll yeah. and get this money you like, right. like you did. Right. Um, and so, yeah, I, I pretty much agree with everything you said. I don't I, – I could – as a competitive nature, I would say, okay, yes, I do. But it's, it is easier for me to sit here as Greg, the recruiting analyst sure. podcaster, to say that versus Greg, the person. If I, I wonder, and I do wonder about this in a way, if you would t- take some of these fans that are oh, out yeah, here calling yeah. themselves and all of this stuff and make them go through the protocols for one week, I want them to do what the, what the team did for one week and then come back out the other side and say, okay, well, if you did that for four or five months, with all the stuff swirling around with the Go season class, and not knowing if you were going to be, yeah. yeah, not knowing if you were going to play, you see other games being canceled, this and that, and you're going to do that for five months and then see if after all of that and a disappointing season that you would then want to go play in the Mayonnaise Bowl against Boise yeah. State. Like it yeah. just, uh, that would have been really tough. Right. So I so I, I do get it. I get yeah. it. Now, every week we end on my favorite segment where we, we put them on blast, where we put right. somebody on blast or something they did said put them on blast i'm very excited to hear yours and i'm gonna go first all right i'm gonna put the people on blast speaking of these bowl games mm. that are complaining about the group of five schools not getting a shot at, at new year six bowls and the college football playoffs and i know it i know that y'all gonna be mad and i know there's people that work with me at hell varsity that kind of get mad yeah. at me every time i say this the group of five should not be allowed in the college football playoff Cincinnati does not play the same level of football as, say, Ohio State, who did get in, or Indiana, who actually should have gotten into a New Year's Six Bowl, or insert Power Five level school here. Yes, they had a very nice season playing against Cupcake U's, okay? It's not the same when you have to week in and week out play against one of these in one of these Power Five conferences. Right. Coastal Carolina had a very nice season. That doesn't mean that they should be out here playing for the playoff. Right. Like, sorry. Like, it's only four teams that get in. And you see all of these articles yesterday about, oh, we should just rename it as, a, as the Power Five Invitational. Okay, fine. Let That's the group fine. five do whatever they right. want to do. Like, I just don't like – and maybe I, I feel like I – I am in the minority in a lot of ways on this um, because I don't care about seeing, say, Cincinnati. I didn't like the whole Boise State thing against Oklahoma years back where they upset Oklahoma. Like I could take that or leave it like those moments to me aren't all that impactful. I would rather see the big brands play against each other. I do like I don't but I also don't mind if we end up getting 
uh, Clemson versus Alabama part like 22 is right. what it's going to seem like in the national championship. I will watch that. I'll watch it again uh, because I want to see good teams, big name teams. I want to see Saban beat Dabo again, like all of that stuff. Like so that the the underdog um, stuff doesn't appeal to me. So maybe that's part of right. it <laughs> where I'm coming <laughs> from on this. But let the G5 have their own little thing. Right, um, right. The Central Florida mascot can be like the, the mascot for the whole thing. They can complain about their fake national championship. I don't care about it. Right. Just give me the Power Five schools. Right. I, I agree with you most, but you know what I don't want to see is Notre Dame and get go in there and get their head beat in. I don't want to see Oklahoma anymore. So if that, so if I had to choose between seeing those two chumps go in there and play against the real deals, because yeah. Notre Dame plays it almost like a. It did like Notre Dame is it, always right. a weird situation because I, I saw like a like, I, I saw a lot of people yeah but see I see a lot of people saying well Notre Dame shouldn't be penalized for what's happened to them in years past but it does feel like maybe it's a perception thing and part it's reality it does feel like anytime Notre Dame gets into one of these games they get blown out they get blown like it, it feels like and I frame. think maybe you feel a little bit better had they beaten Clemson. With Trevor Lawrence, right. maybe you say, "Okay, well, this team might be for if real." They, good. If they Man, played within twenty-one points of Clemson with Trevor Lawrence, if it was actually a close right. game, like how it started, they couldn't get the ball past the fifty. No, I mean, so um, I I have watched Cincinnati this year. My uncle went to Cincinnati, so he's yep. a Cincinnati alum, and they actually are a pretty good team. So Cincinnati's like the outlier; they are built like a Big Ten team. Yeah, Luke you know, Fickle with a big and physical them. team. Now, Coastal Carolina and all that. I agree with you there. People are always going to want to have the, and the reason why I think most of the national people want because because it's a, a great, it's, it's, a TV, great it's a great story. Yeah, it's a good story. It's a great story until reality sets that Coastal Carolina plays Alabama and Alabama's like, up seventy. I was nothing. just thinking that I was like, do I want to see Coastal Carolina play Alabama? You don't want to see that. Like I you don't. don't. <laughs> no, you want to. You'd want to see Coastal Carolina play like Michigan because they could be upset a team like yeah. Michigan. Um, but you know, look, they'll get their just due. But at the end of this year, you definitely have to have the big schools in. It's the most branding power. You it's need the, that money. You need that TV money. <laughs> yeah. And so you got to – and it all kind of trickles down and is good good for them. So, um, yeah, they're going to be upset. They are upset every year. There's always a couple teams. Always. You it know? happens every year. Yeah. There's always one per year that, that's upset about the process. But I, I'm just – no, nah, it's cool. Like, right. But what I really actually think they should do instead of having um, just the four teams, I really would like to see – Six, six, yeah, I was gonna and say then that. have it be the power fives, the highest rated other school have two buys, and then kind of go that way. Right. Like that would be fine if you want to get them in there as a sacrificial lamb. That's fine. And then maybe that way, but also that way they would have a better shot at an upset because if you're playing the three seed versus the playing the one yeah. seed, <laughs> then yeah. you might have a little exactly. bit better shot. Yeah, man, it's we'll see. We'll see. You know, where, where are you going? Who, who I, well, are you I'm going, I mean, I won't even do them the digni- dignity of uh, mentioning names, right? Okay, well, anonymous so, blast. Uh, no, but it'd be, you, you, people just got to <laughs> do their research. So there was an article written, you know, about Iowa or whatever. Yep. Um, I just kind of glossed over it and about you know a, a local kid going to Iowa, which is which is great. You know, I think I've been on here and saying, look, dude, you put. Three kids in the college, that's great. You know, I mean, you're doing something right. What you aren't doing right is you keep running your mouth and you're running it to the wrong person. And that one person happens to be me. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, so all I said was, uh, you know, um, don't compare Iowa. Don't, first of all, don't disrespect any of the work that you did mm. that I learned from guys like you 
you learn from guys prior. So like the Will Shields and whatever, whoever was there before the, you know, Trev Alberts and all those guys and, you know, Steve Taylor's that, that, that have won numerous big eight and big 12 championships and won actual trophies and rings and watches or whatever you used to get. Don't compare that to Iowa who hasn't won anything and say that it's, it's comparable. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because essentially what you're doing is you're just, in my opinion, now this is just my opinion, which I'm entitled to. You are. Right. Yeah, and right. I'm just, and I've been on record about this, about not only Iowa or Minnesota, in this case, for the last, you know, 10, 15 years, Nebraska, we have not won anything. So in my opinion, the way I look at it is when you are like that, you're essentially fighting over who's the first, second, third place loser. Because at the end of the day, you're a loser. Right? Right. You're not in the Big Ten Championship. You're not winning a Big Ten Championship. Iowa has won the Big Ten West or their division one time since one time under right okay so and that's also 2004 that, that, one so, time you know i guess that you know so you know guys people getting their feelings and then all of a sudden like uh, you know you, you know it's it, everything that has to do with iowa because you reside here had it, that every conversation doesn't have to, to do with you i train a kid that's going to iowa okay the advice was to go to iowa because that best fit his skill set i have a tremendous amount of respect for iowa but that shouldn't be our standard right so then therefore it's, there is no comparison because Iowa is just Iowa. They're consistent, right? They're, they're not going to the next level. At Nebraska, our expectation should be to get to where Iowa is. That's a leapfrog in a, in a stepping stone to get to where we need to be, right? right? So if you're going to say something, it's going to be like a Wisconsin, X, Y, and Z, mm-hmm. because they have won Big Ten championships and they've won big New Year's Day's Bowl right. and, and, and represented on a national level. I don't think I was there. That's my opinion. No, and it's that that's backed up by fact. Like I'm, I'm looking at it right here. 20, let's say since 2010, right? The losses, the amount of losses right. that Iowa's had since 2010. They've lost five games: six, eight, five, six, two. Five, five, four, three, and then two this right. year in the win. So, so mean, like, it's not like we're not talking about Clemson level talk, of right, success that's, that's over all, the last that's 10 really years. That's really all I was like, saying, and I don't know if on Twitter that it, it didn't, but that's, that's just where that. The second thing, I'll say this. When the last time, like, we won as a championship, it was probably over 20-some years ago. I think it was 25, right? I don't know how long. It's at least 20, right? So 97, <laughs> was it, 23 years. Okay, so if your kid's 18 and he's regurgitating things about what we did, he couldn't. That's five years prior before he was even th- uh, thought in the process. Right. Right. So now you're up here running your mouth about a university at, at table, table talk or pillow talk or whatever you want to talk about. So, so now you're now you're really telling on yourself. Right. right. So by you opening your mouth, you're setting yourself up to be, you know, put on blast. And then you're bringing people in here like, you know. Nobody has a personal like vendetta about it. This has nothing to do with your kid. This has to do with the with with, with the University of Iowa. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because Iowa shouldn't be what we compare ourselves to. Yes, we need to get there. You know what I'm saying? Right. If we're we need to we need to leapfrog them. Yeah, because it, at the height it, of the, the programs, the, Nebraska no ceiling is higher than there's no, Iowa. There's no, so we've seen there's, that, there's right? No, like there's seen, no comparison, and that. there's no comparison between Kurt Ferentz and staff and Coach Osborne's and staff. Yeah, you can't you can't go into a you I I couldn't go into it. You can't come into a, a like a I guess a a, a a room and argue this staff versus Coach Osmer's staff. 
this record, these, these players that have came through here versus what's going on here. Right. Yes, you can see where Nebraska's at and where I was at. There's a, there's a distinct difference. I'm not denying that. I was putting great players in the NFL, X, Y, and Z. You know, I'm not saying that, right? Nebraska's made some mistakes, right? right? But don't be bringing your little personal vendetta up in there when I'm talking to somebody that doesn't have anything to do with it. I you. think part of it is, is that, like, you can be complimentary of Iowa and the respect that you have for right. them without taking it to the, to the level, level of, of, of comparing exactly. it to Nebraska and saying that right. they're like them or no. like it, it doesn't you, have to you go. You know what that you could have done. You know what you could have done. And instead of being a simp, and if you're you people out here don't know what a simp is, then you get on Urban Dictionary <laughs> and Google simp. Okay, so I will probably tag simp. Instead of being a simp, just say you know what this is the best kid for our school. We made the best decision for him. Is this his decision? And stop it right there. Right. Right? Instead of trying to jump in every conversation that has to do with Iowa and think it has to do with your kid, it don't ha- – this is I would, this has nothing to do with your kid. You know what I'm saying? You, I've already been on record saying you did – you know, Nebraska should have done right by your oldest. Right. right? And, and that was long before. That's Nebraska's fault. Right? right. But it's also a previous – Hold two- on. No, but at the end of the day, Nebraska I- didn't do right by your oldest kid. They, they should have done it right by your second one. They did right by your third. Okay, and you're still running your mouth, right? Mm-hmm. And then now you 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 approaching or approaching people that you know you shouldn't be approaching to. You know what I'm saying? And getting in conversations without you shouldn't even be talking about because Iowa. I'm not going to give Iowa the respect they don't deserve. Beyond that, yeah. you know, they're not a national powerhouse. Nebraska is not a national powerhouse. We're right now. We're both battling who's the, the bottom of the barrel chumps right now. I if we're crabs in a barrel, I was halfway there. We're at the bottom. Right. Wisconsin's at the top sitting here. It's like, dude, you guys go. North, like, what North are y'all West, even talking about? Northwestern North <laughs> and Wisconsin, when are you guys going to do something? You guys right. are fight. It's like two, you know, it's like when they say, hey, look, we're going to let two, these two gangs fight, right? Yeah. And then they're going to eliminate themselves, and we're going to just reap all the benefits. That's right. exactly where, where we're at right now. Until Nebraska, yes, until Nebraska starts winning on a consistent basis and beating Iowa, sure, they're better than us. But at the end of the day, what's Iowa doing, though? Right. You know what I'm saying? Then you know the, he said, "Oh, reference why you know what why I didn't go to Miami or you don't know why I was why I didn't go to Miami. I didn't go to Miami because they were on Pell Grant probation. Uh-huh. My dad f- couldn't afford to go there, uh-huh. right? I really wanted to go to Michigan State. My dad said, dude, you ain't gonna you you probably wouldn't do well in East Lansing.' My high school teammate went to East Lansing. He didn't do well, right? right? So dad was right, right? right? So my dad was right. Dad, yeah. Then actually, this is the ignorance where he is, which it doesn't have. I actually was going to go to Iowa." <laughs> I was actually, would have made this really funny. But. I actually was going to okay. go. I actually was going to go to Iowa. Yeah. Triplet, uh, Coach Triplet recruited me. Uh, I loved him. It was me, Tim Dwight, Eric Thig- Thigpen. Oh, who, Tim Dwight. Yeah, okay. On our recruiting trip, we, they those two recruited. I was about to recruit. They had something where my ACT was too high compared to my GPA. So I was going to have to come and take like college credit or college classes without getting college credit. Maybe they were just trying to get me down here to work out or whatever, but <laughs> right. all they had to do was tell me. Yeah. Right. And I was like, hell no, I hated school. Yeah. Right. So I was, so then right then I was like, no. And then Hayden Friday didn't come to my house. Coach Osborne did. I came on my visit. Then I felt like Nebraska was the best place because Iowa city from Minneapolis is like three and a half hours. And Lincoln's five and a half hours. Right. My dad was like, I can be in every game. I was going to Miami because that's legacy. Yeah. Hint how this always coming. This is the, see, that's how when people start talking, they don't know what they're talking about. All you had to do is pick up the phone and ask, like, dude, were you talking about me? And I would say no and then hung up the phone. Okay? <laughs> it could all have been over. All been over. But now you want to open your mouth, and next time I see you, I'm going to have to deal with you. You know what I mean? See. And so 
I got to put him on blast because he's been running. He's been blasting his mouth ever since that. Dude, your kid is doing it. You done right. You done what you needed to do, man. All, all three of your kids are going to went to school for, for free. For free. Mm-hmm. That's a good job. The first two were excellent. One's probably going to the NFL. I think he's, he's yeah, up he's there. I know he's getting <laughs> drafted. So really, to be honest with you, I would ask you, do you think he would be in that same position if he didn't go to that school? Right. Which I think he would. It's no different than when people ask me about Danny Woodhead. Yes, Danny Woodhead was a miss. But Danny Woodhead going to where he went was able to get to the Jets and then mm-hmm. being on that, you know, hard knocks led to a career that he might not have got if he would have, because he, he might not have gotten a true shot here. Right. You know what I'm saying? And so, you know, it's just people just are ignorant sometimes, man. Sometimes you got to, you know, that's what putting them on blast is for. It definitely is. And now I'm going to have to deal with with the emails, which you can email us at straightupbreakdown at no, nailvarsity.com. I will definitely I mean? yeah. forward them on to you. Uh, subscribe to this podcast everywhere you listen to them. Uh, rate us, review us, leave us a five-star review. Uh, if you leave four, I'm inclined to think you're a hater or a petty pat like Jay is right now. Uh, make, sure you are che- yeah, make sure you're checking out the other podcasts on the Hail Varsity Network, uh, the Mind Your Own Podcast, Varsity Club, more to it, and the Hail Varsity Radio Show. You can also find us on Twitter at GregSmithHV and at Foreman5644. We will catch you in two weeks uh, because we were off next week for the holiday. We will have a lot of fun content for you coming up. Everybody have a lovely and safe holiday. We will catch you next time. A Huda Media Production.